0: Well, praise God. Welcome to every one of you, and I'm looking forward to our time together in the Word. Hallelujah. Those of you who are watching uh, by live stream, God bless you. We pray that you would give the Word of God your undivided attention. Last week, we spoke to you on the Gospel of Rest. We're going to continue to build on that theme. We want to look today more specifically at the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of good works because this Gospel of Rest produces works, but they are works that are motivated by God's love and produced by God's Spirit on the inside of us. Amen? Grace is not a call to, to be lazy. In fact, grace empowers us to be far more productive than we ever could have been before. Jesus talks about the fact that he's the vine and we're the branch, and he says if we abide in him, and that's why grace makes possible— We bring forth what? Much fruit. Much fruit. So grace is actually God's answer to fruitfulness. Hallelujah. So I want you to to do something. I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 7. And we're going to read from verse 4 to 6. And uh, and then we're going to make some comments. We're going to make some comments. Uh, Are you ready to read? Okay, let's go. Therefore, my brethren... You also have become Dead to the law Or you have been made to die To the law Say I have been made To die to the law Through the body of Christ That means through his crucified body Through his death on the cross You have been made to die To what? The law And the law there he's referring to Is not the ceremonial law That's what we used to say That's what we were taught But it's not the ceremonial law It's the Ten Commandments. You've been made to die to the Lord through the what? Body of Christ, through his crucifixion, that you may be what? Married to another, to him who was raised from the dead. What's his name? That we should do what? Bear Bear what? Bear what? Fruit. Fruit. Fruit, 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 the fruit of good works bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions, which were aroused by the law, notice what he said, when you're in the flesh, basically when he says you're in the flesh, he's talking about all of those folks who are not born again. There are two groups of people, you're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are in the spirit. If you're not born again, no matter how quote unquote good you are, you're in the Flesh. And he says, when you're in the flesh trying to serve God based upon the law, the effect is that the law actually arouses on the inside of you sinful appetites. So the law doesn't help people to live holy. What the law does, it actually arouses. Sinful appetites that are already in your flesh The law itself is perfect But because of the sinful appetites in your flesh The effect of this law is that it causes these appetites These desires for sinful things to actually be strengthened The Bible says the strength of sin is actually the law So the purpose of the law was never to make you holy The purpose of the law was to cause you to know That you're a sinner and you need Christ Okay So the passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear what? Fruit to death. Again, if you're trying to serve God in the energy of the flesh through the law, what are you going to bear? Fruit unto death. That is a description of sinful works. But now, sit now, we, we who, we who are in Christ we who have come to Jesus for salvation and have believed on him to deliver us from sin his power and his penalty we have been delivered from what not from sin we are delivered from sin but this passage says we are delivered from the law released from the law set free from the 10 commandments having died to what we were held by, so that we should do what? Serve in the newness of the spirit. That's how we serve God now in the new covenant and the grace. We serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. In other words, we no longer try to serve God by keeping the Ten Commandments. So I talked to you last, last week about the gospel of rest. The good news, the core of the gospel, the core of the good news is that God gives us rest through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's the core message. That is what makes the gospel good news. God gives people rest. Rest from the law. Rest from... The dominion of sin that we are under when we're under the law. You hear me? Rest from what? The law itself. In Christ Jesus, you have been released from the Ten Commandments. In Romans 10:4, the Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Say that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness That Romans 10.4 In other words, because of Jesus and because of what he accomplished We have now been set free from seeking or trying to be righteous Through the Ten Commandments That dispensation has come to an end end, and now we live in a new dispensation in which righteousness is given to us as a gift through faith in Christ Jesus. Say hallelujah. See, I'm resting in Christ from the law for righteousness. I'm resting in Christ from the dominion of sin I'm resting in Christ from the activating effects of the law on my sinful nature. No, that was, was, you couldn't quite repeat that, right? Say, I'm resting from the activating effects of the law on my sinful nature. In other words, remember he said the law activates... But Christ Jesus, now we're resting from that. We don't, we don't, we've been set free from that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? So, when we talk about the gospel of rest, it's, it's good news. Because first of all, we're resting from worries. We don't have to worry about our lives anymore. This life, the life to come, we're set free from that. That rest comes from knowing that through Christ Jesus, we have been accepted by the Father, we're loved by the Father, And the Father is caring for us. Say hallelujah. So I don't have to worry about what I will eat. I don't have to worry about what I will drink. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. God the Father has me in his hand in Christ. I'm his beloved child. He's taking care of me. I can rest from those worries. And I can rest from working for my salvation, working for blessing, working for righteousness. Why? Because Christ has finished all of that, made me righteous, And now I'm an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. If you're an heir, you don't work for blessing, you receive blessings by virtue of your relationship to your father. Say hallelujah. So we who are in Christ Jesus now are resting from having to work for salvation, having to work for righteousness, having to work for blessings, having to earn everything that God gives us. I want to turn your attention now to Romans 8.2. Romans 8. Look, no, let's go to Romans 8.1, okay? Well, did, I, did we read the, the passage I, I, I gave you first? No, did we? We read it? Okay. Now let's go to Romans 8, one and 2. All right. Let's read it together. There is therefore now no condemnation, To those who are what? Say in Christ Jesus, according to the gospel of rest, I am resting, set free, released from the condemnation of the law. There is therefore now no condemnation, no pronouncement of judgment. Upon who? Those who are what? Now, who are those who are in Christ Jesus? Every man, every woman who has come to Jesus to deliver him or her from sin and has believed on Christ. If you have believed on Jesus and have come to him to deliver you from sin, the power of sin, the penalty of sin, guess what? You are now in Christ Jesus. And what this scripture is saying is that any man or woman who is in Christ Jesus has been released from condemnation and judgment. It is not possible for you to be in Jesus and then God condemns you. It is not possible for you to be in Jesus and the law is able to sentence you to death for sin. Who, walk, who, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit, that, I don't, I'm not going to deal with that But that doesn't change What I just told you Because some people say Ah you see But you got to walk According to the spirit That's putting you right back On having to earn No no If you're in Christ You're in the spirit Alright First two, two For the what Law of the spirit Of life In Christ Jesus Has done what Made me free from the law of sin and death again the law of sin and death is a description of the Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments is called the law of sin and death why? because the Ten Commandments is perfect and just and therefore is sentences. Anyone who breaks one of them to death That's why it's called the law of sin and death Under the Ten Commandments You've got to keep all ten to live You've got to keep all ten to be righteous You've got to keep all ten to be accepted before God How many of you have managed to do that? No, the scripture says all have sinned And done what? Falling short of the Glory of God. And the wages of sin is what? Death. And the soul that sinneth shall die. That's the law. And that's just. It's not unjust. It's just. That is the just punishment for breaking a commandment that God gives. That is a just, just punishment for a man or woman rebelling against the clear commandment of God. Death. And so the law is holy. And the law is just. And under the law... Anyone who breaks one of the Ten Commandments must die. Be sentenced to death, that's, that's justice under the law. But now the good news is, my goodness, here's the good news. The law of the spirit of life that is found in Christ Jesus has done what? Set me, set you Free from what? The law of sin and death. The law of sin and death, the Bible says the letter kills. That's why it's called the law of sin and death because it sentences men who sin to death. It kills, but the good news is those who are in Christ say thank God for Jesus. No, you're not, you're not, you're not happy for Jesus. You want to remain under the law of sin and death? All those who are under the law of sin and death live perpetually in the realm of death. That's all they can look forward to is death and curses. But the good news is that the law of the spirit of life, say the law of the spirit of life, in Christ has released us, set us free, given us rest from this law of sin and death. Let me me try to explain that a little bit more. To be set free from the law of sin and death means we're no longer under its jurisdiction. We're no longer under the jurisdiction of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments cannot determine your standing before God. The Ten Commandments cannot make you righteous before God And it cannot curse you anymore. You're not under the Ten Commandments. No, no. Let's some of you are struggling, but you got to be set free from this law of sin and death. You got to know it. You got to understand it and believe it, so you can experience the good news that Jesus Christ has come to give you. The law of sin and death is a reference to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments pronounces death on anyone who breaks any. You have been made free, released from this law, which means you are no longer under the jurisdiction of that law. If right now, if you're in the US, let me give you an example, you're driving your car in Virginia, and let's say the speed limit on the highway is 55 miles per hour. But you're driving 85 miles per hour. You're gonna be watching. And as soon as you see what may even look like some car by the side of the road, Instinctively, there is fear, and you slow down, because you know that man, if he's a police officer, has jurisdiction, because there's a law that says that you got to drive 55. If you're driving 85, he has the authority to do what? Stop you and give you a ticket. And if you don't pay the ticket, you can be arrested and I think you can be put to, even sentenced to jail. Correct? Why, because there's a law in Virginia that says you drive 55 miles per hour in this area, in this zone, but if you were now to get in an airplane and go to Germany and get on the Autobahn, well, I, I, I think it's still the way it used to be, no speed limit you can go 85 miles per hour. And first of all, there will be no, no Virginia State Highway patrolman in Germany because he knows he has what? No jurisdiction there, no authority there. If, he, if you saw him, you might just wave to him. If, if he stops you, you may stop. If he issues you a ticket, you will laugh. Why, because you know in Germany, the laws of Virginia have no jurisdiction, and, and highway police officer, I like you, you look good, but even though you're in your uniform, you have no authority here. Why? Different law, different country, different rules. Guess this is, this is what he's saying. When you're in the flesh and not in Christ, you're under the law. And because you're under the law The law has the authority To charge you with with sin And sentence you to death But when you come to Christ God delivers you He brings you out of the flesh And he puts you in Christ In Christ, the law Has no jurisdiction. I'm gonna say some things that may shock you. If you sin in Christ, the law cannot charge you with it. If you sin in Christ, the law cannot punish you. The law cannot issue you a ticket. The law cannot curse you. Why? You're in Christ. You're in Germany. You're not in Virginia. So it, what matters is where are you If you're in the flesh Yeah You are subject to the law And you're subject to every curse of the law But if you're in Christ You are not subject to another law It's not that you are lawless Germany has its own laws In Christ We have a law that we're under What is it called? It is called the law of the spirit of life. In Virginia, they will issue you a ticket. You're under Virginia law. In Germany, no ticket. You're under German law. In the flesh, you're under the law of sin and death. If you sin, you will suffer the curse. In Christ, you're under the law of what? Spirit of life. It's called the law of sin and death because it gives death. It's called the law of the spirit of life because it gives life. This law that you are in Christ never sentences you to death. It sentences you to life. It sentences, oh my goodness, it sentences you to eternal life and it doesn't give death, it imparts life to your spirit, to your soul, to your mind, to your body. It's all about light, 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 light. Oh, come on, get happy, get happy, hallelujah, get happy. Now, if you're in Germany and this guy comes and he issues you a ticket and you, and you choose to submit to it and pay a fine, you're being ignorant. Are you listening to me? That's your decision due to ignorance, but if you know your rights, and you know the realm in which you live, then if anything that is not pertinent or or that does not legally belong to the realm that you're in, you have the legal right to refuse it. Oh, come on. Say, thank God, I live now in Christ, in the land of milk and honey, Where the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus rules. Again, understand the difference. The law of the spirit of life sentences you to life. When you sin, there's no sentence of death in Christ Jesus. Why? You're not under the law of sin and death. In Christ Jesus, even when you sin, the sentence is life. Now, God did this. God designed it this way. This is God's doing. You had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. God, in his infinite wisdom, made his own decision that this is what he was going to do for sinners. He was going to remove them from the jurisdiction of the law where they will be subject to death for their sins, and he was going to place them in Christ Jesus and bring them under a completely different law called the law of the spirit of life. God made that decision. And now the question is, why? Because God has a purpose for doing what he did. And if you remember, we read earlier in Romans chapter 7 from verse 4 to 6, we read that he made us to die so that we can do what? Bear fruit unto God. So that we can do what? Bear fruit unto God. So here is the reason why God made the decision to remove us from under the law of sin and death. Here's a reason. God wanted people. He wanted sons and daughters to whom he could impart his love nature, through whom he could work to reproduce his fruit, his fruit of love. Love, love. Listen to me. What does God want? God wants fruit. Let's, thank you for putting it back on the text. Let's read it again. Therefore, my brethren you also became what? He made you to die. He made you to die. He, say he, God made you to die. He made the decision to bring an end to the law for you. He made you to die to the law through the crucified body of Christ that you might be married to another. That is to Jesus, why? That you should bear Fruit to God. So what does God want from us? What is God's purpose for people? Fruit. Say fruit. 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 He wants us to bear fruit. Many sons and daughters to whom he can impart his love nature, through whom he can reproduce the fruit of love. His nature, reproducing the fruit of love over and over Again, many sons and daughters, say many sons and daughters, to whom he can impart his life, his nature, to reproduce fruit, fruit, and more fruit. So God is therefore concerned about life and not death. God wants sons and daughters to whom he can give life and reproduce fruit. But God could never accomplish that if he allowed us to remain under the jurisdiction of the law, under condemnation, and under the sentence of death. Oh, I, I. His purpose to give life, reproduce fruit through us, many sons and daughters could not be fulfilled if he allowed us to remain under the jurisdiction of the law, under condemnation, and under the sentence of death. It would be illegal for him to be giving life to people who are under the sentence of death. I'm preaching better than you're listening. It would be illegal for God to give you life if you're under the sentence of death. So God had to come up with a way to bring your relationship with the Lord to an end, to take care of that sentence of death once and for all so that he could then legally give you his life and reproduce through you his fruit. And we discover, through the gospel, God did find a way, and the way was the cross. God found a way, and the way was what? The cross. Through the cross he made you to die to the law, brought an end legally to your relationship with the law, free you from the sentence of death, and now God can legally give you life Make you into his sons and daughters and reproduce continually his fruit of love through you. Say hallelujah. So he uses marriage as an example to help you understand. In this country, you're allowed to marry one man, one woman at a time. Right? If you choose to get a second wife or a second husband, it is a crime. It is illegal. But if a spouse dies... The death of one spouse brings that law to an end and frees you to be married to anyone who you choose. God says just as it is in in, in marriage, death ends the union, death ends the relationship and frees the living partner to marry to someone else. So through the cross, God, again this is God, with God all things are possible, Through the cross, God included us in the death of his son. So that when Jesus died, oh, I'm preaching better. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just his death, you died in him. The cross is not where Jesus died alone. The cross is where you died and I died in him. And because we died in Christ, the law has lost all jurisdiction over us. Amen? So the relationship with the Lord is then. We're free now to get married to a new husband. Well, God has already chosen a husband, and his name is? And so what did God do? Once you brought your relationship with the Lord to an eagle, legal and took you out, of, out from under the sentence of death, he did what? When you believe on his son, he literally joins you to Christ. The spirit of life enters you. And there is union. Oh my goodness. A man and a woman comes together in union to produce children. There is union now between you and Christ. He now gives his life to you. And that life now reproduces fruit. And this is the thing God was looking for. Fruit, fruit, fruit that glorify him. Fruit, 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 abundant fruit. Guess what? The gospel of grace says now through your union with Christ you and I can now bear fruit. And more fruit. And more fruit. And this is the purpose of redemption and salvation. The purpose of rest is not so you can sit down and do nothing. The purpose of God causing you to rest from the law And from your own works Is so that you now can yield to his son And you can start to bring forth fruit And more fruit And more fruit That manifests his nature, his character Go to Galatians 5, 22. Because you see, this is what now You and I can bring forth And it's, it's so because we now are no longer under the in sin and death. We now are indwelled by what? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Let's read this. But the fruits of the spirit, that spirit is the spirit of life that he referred to in Romans 8.2. Right? Okay, it is this spirit now that is at work in us. And through this union now that has been made possible, we are now producing... God is now producing through us love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Next verse. Gentleness, self-control against such... It doesn't take law to produce these things. Law produces death. Life produces this. It is life, and it's the life of Christ, the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life that is at work in you that now will cause you as a believer to begin to manifest love. And then love produces joy and peace and patience and long-suffering and gentleness and all of these wonderful fruits are the results of this spirit of life that is not at work in your members through your union with Jesus Christ. But for that to happen, for God to do this, he had to first of all free you completely from the law of sin and death because he could not do any of this legally while you were still under the sentence of death. Say Hallelujah. Are you getting this? So, so let, let's go to Titus. Titus two. Titus two eleven. Titus two eleven. Because I want you to see that you know people accuse them those who believe in grace and those who minimize the law as though they're 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 promoting sin and they're no. We're we're saying we're not under the law of sin and death. We're not under the Ten Commandments. We're not trying to earn anything. God has given us rest from that because because under that law, there's a sentence of death. But we're saying we're under another law, the law of the Spirit of life. And this law operates in all those who have faith in Jesus. Okay, now let's read uh, Titus 2.11 and following together. For the grace of God that brings salvation has what? Appear to all men Teaching us That what? Denying ungodliness And worldliness, wish We should what? Live soberly Righteously And godly in this Grace doesn't teach you to live in sin Grace frees you to live soberly Because as long as you're under the law And in the flesh You are not free to live in sin You are under the sentence of death Grace frees you from that so that you can do what? Live coldly, soberly, righteously, godly, where? In this present age, not to earn your salvation, but because now that's your nature, you're bearing fruit, teaching us that, no, next verse, looking for what? The blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God, and who, say, for those of you who believe Jesus is God, there it is. Our great God and what Savior Jesus Christ? Come on, raise your hand and say, "You're my God and you're my Savior, Jesus Christ." Amen. Verse fourteen, who gave Himself for us that He may redeem us from what Amen. every lawlessness, from the penalty. Oh my goodness! Amen. By us from the penalty, the condemnation, the judgment of every lawless deed we have ever committed or will ever commit. He's redeemed us from the penalty and judgment. He's delivered us from the death sentence. And this is what? Purify for himself. That's the purpose, to purify for himself his own special people. Sellers. Listen, under grace, we can live more holy than anyone under law could have. In fact, under law, you cannot live holy. Under grace, you can bear fruit that no one under law can produce. The only fruit people under law can produce is the fruit of death. The Bible says that. But it's under grace that you bring forth the fruit of good works. So under grace, we become a people zealous for good works, not of people forced to do work good works, not of people compelled to do good works, not of people doing good works out of fear of judgment and hell. Not a people being forced to, but are people zealous for it. why we have his nature, and he's zealous for good works. We have his nature, and he is reproducing his nature and manifesting his fruit through us. We have his nature, and we we are not motivated by love. And when you love, you're zealous for good works. That is what love causes you. You, When you love someone, you want to do good. When you love God, you want to do good. When you love people, you want to do good. God gives you that love nature, reproduces his love nature in you. And guess what? When love is being reproduced in you, you become zealous for good works. You want to help people. You want to serve. You want to give. You want to use your time. You want to use your talent. You want to use your treasure to be a blessing. And all of this is not fruit. Fruit. It is the fruit of your salvation. So let me conclude: resting from worries and from fleshly works means you're resting from worrying, about earning any of God's blessings. Are you hearing me? But at the same time, you are not resting from good works. You are now become a channel through whom good works will flow. Amen? As you believe God, as you trust him, good works will flow through you. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you a quick pattern. Let's look at Jesus in Luke chapter 1, Jesus Christ was born of the spirit. Correct? How shall this be? The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. He shall overshadow you. Therefore that holy thing on the inside of you shall be called the son of God. Luke chapter 1, he was born of the spirit. In Luke chapter 3 at the at John at Jordan when John the Baptist were baptizing, God declared him to be the son of God and the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was filled with the spirit. So he was born of the Spirit in Luke 1 Filled with the Holy Spirit in Luke 3 None of that happened because of anything he had done It was God by his Spirit working And then in Luke chapter 4 We find him now doing the works he was ordained to do The works that he was ordained to do Didn't cause the Holy Spirit to fill him and didn't cause him to become a son of God He was born a son of God filled with the Spirit, and then the works flow. That's the order in the New Covenant. You don't work to become a son of God. You don't work to get the Spirit of God. You don't work to be empowered by God. No, by faith in Jesus, you're born of God. By faith in Jesus, you're filled with the Spirit of God. Now, born of God, filled with the Spirit of God, you do the works you are ordained to do from the foundation of the world. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for Good works which you were ordained, created by him to do. And those works are going to become the fruit of the spirit working in you because you are already a child of God. Say, I am a beloved child of God. If you're watching and you have not yet believed on Jesus, you have not yet come to him, that he might deliver you from sin. He's done everything to bring an end to the law of sin and death in your life, to free you from the sentence of death you are under. And if today you will choose to believe on the Son of God, that he died for your sins, he arose from the grave, and he's coming again, if you will believe today and call upon the Lord, he will save you from sin, from the penalty of sin, which is death, and from the power of sin. And he will give to you the spirit of life. And that spirit working in you will cause you to begin to bear fruit unto God. He's waiting. Today is the day of salvation. Don't let the day pass. Right now, where you are, Ask Jesus Christ To be your personal Lord And Savior He's ready to cleanse you From all of your sins And He's ready to come on the inside of you By His Spirit Receive Him now In Jesus' name Simply say after me Father God I receive Jesus Christ Now As my Savior And my Lord Jesus I believe by your death and your resurrection, you have delivered me from the power of sin and from the penalty of sin. I confess you now. You are my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we want to help you if you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you prayed it again for the tenth time. We want to help you. Just pray contact us. Use the information that's available right now on on the screen. Contact us so that we can help you begin to walk in and grow in this newness of life that you have just received in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.